Hello from Classical KUCO. This is Spotlight on the Arts, where we take a moment to talk with local artists, performers, composers, conductors, and leaders on the many special activities and challenges taking place within our community. I'm your host, Paul Nesper. For our January 11th episode, we sit down with Lemuel Vargas and Dr. Ron Rains with the Oklahoma City Community College Cultural Programming Board to discuss the upcoming production, Jerry Herman, The Broadway Legacy Concert, happening on Tuesday, January 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Then, we sit down with maestro Alexander Micklethwaite of the Oklahoma City Philharmonic to talk about their upcoming concert with guest conductor Joanne Folletta and pianist George Lee. As we like to say, let's put a spotlight on the arts here in Oklahoma. Please stay with us. Support for KUCO comes from Armstrong Auditorium, presenting UK-based Vita Guitar Quartet, Thursday, January 25th, performing transcriptions of Vivaldi and Schubert, as well as Leonard Bernstein's West Side Story. Tickets at armstrongauditorium.org. Support from Lyric Theater of Oklahoma celebrating more than 60 years producing classic and contemporary musicals and plays created by artists from Oklahoma and across the nation. More at lyrictheateroKC.org. Welcome back to Spotlight. My first guests today are Lemuel Vargas with Oklahoma City Community College Cultural Programming Board and Dr. Ron Rains, Oklahoma City University alum and performer in Jerry Herman, the Broadway Legacy Concert, coming to the Visual and Performing Arts Center on Tuesday, January 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Lemuel, Ron, welcome to Spotlight. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. We are here to talk about Jerry Herman, the Broadway Legacy Concert, coming to the OCCC Visual and Performing Arts Center on Tuesday, January 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Now, before we get into the specifics of this production and about Jerry Herman, Ron, you're a graduate of Oklahoma City University. What does it mean to be able to come back to this city and perform, as well as give back to some young students? Well, it means a lot because basically that's what I'm about at this stage of the game because I've been very connected uh, with Oklahoma City University ever since I left, really, because uh, uh, I was on scholarship there. Uh, Oklahoma City University was very good to me, and I've tried to give back in, in ways that I could when I could. And I'm thrilled that, uh, that we're able to use Oklahoma City University students in our concert uh, which is part of Jerry's, Jerry Herman's uh, dream and why this concert was really uh, put together and sponsored by ASCAP and the Jerry Herman Foundation. He wanted the youth, the next generation, to, to know about his shows, about his music, and to carry it on 
uh, through the next generation. And this is one of the things we're out there doing is uh, we have these what they call master class auditions, if you will, uh, uh, of students at a university or sometimes even a high school to where they audition to sing on the concert with us. <laughs> and uh, and it's really a wonderful uh, thing for them, their families to see them up there and them to sing with a symphony orchestra. And uh, and um, I was thrilled to be able to connect this uh, with Lemuel and, and Kathy through Oklahoma City University, uh, the university that I love. That's outstanding to hear, and it's a great segue to my next question, which it's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about how the idea of this master class came about and selecting one or two students to perform alongside and uh, how it supports the mission of Mr. Herman? Yes. Well, you know, Jerry didn't have children, so his children is is his music. Is is those are his babies, if you will. I mean, his his writing, his songwriting. And of course, Jerry was one of the composers who also did the lyrics. He did the lyrics and the and the music. Uh, a la Sondheim, Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, uh, a few others. I mean, so he's um, very protective of his his creation, and he wanted to. To, it to stay alive, and this is one of the ways that uh, he's uh, set up to, to help that happen. And and what is really uh, great is uh, that, like I said earlier, that these students get to perform his music and become aware of his students. Now, the master class is not really a, a master class. It's really where these students come in and sing Jerry Herman songs and audition to to sing with the symphony. Now, there are some tweaks and all that kind of stuff, uh, some adjustments that might be uh, given some of the performers in their interpretation. But uh, it's really a, a chance for us to hear uh, the incredible talent that's uh, new talent that's out in America. And especially, as you know, Oklahoma City University is, is known for having incredible talent uh, uh, through the years. It's one of the top uh, musical theater uh, schools in the, in the country. So um, it's just great to, that, that I was able, with Lemwell's help, to, to pull this off. I can only imagine being an OCU student and getting a chance to be in a production with singers like this. One of the most prolific and successful Broadway composers, what is it about Herman's music that you think people really gravitate towards? Well, you know, Jerry's music always makes you feel good, you know? And there's something really positive, no matter what, about Jerry's music that uh, makes one really happy and smile. And, uh, and boy, do we need that now uh, <laughs> more than ever. So, I mean, there's uh, It's Today uh, from, uh, from MAME, uh, the, 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 the song It's Today. Um, Jerry Herman tells a story about when he was a kid. He, he lived in New Jersey. He would come home from, from school, and all of a sudden his mother was making this incredible dinner with with her, her silverware out, and, and everything was like, oh, my God. He said, Mom, what's, what's going on? He says, is, is there something, uh, celebrating something? And she said, it's today. <laughs> We're celebrating today. <laughs> and so, I mean, just that stayed with him long enough to where he wrote a song about it. Because, and that's kind of the, the spirit that Jerry has about himself. It's, it's all positive. It's all upbeat. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this, and uh, and I, I, I think it's uh, it speaks well through his songs. Absolutely. 
And I was curious, have you ever had the opportunity to work with Jerry during your career? And if so, uh, what are some of your favorite memories? Uh, well, yes, I have had a chance to work with him, uh, not in a in, not in a show, in more in concerts and celebrations of Jerry. Uh, there, we used to go around the country at given times when Jerry was alive, when Jerry would have uh, be sitting in a chair on a on the uh, on the on the stage, and we would come out and sing songs, and he would tell stories uh, with uh, to Michael Kirker, who was. Uh, who is the president of ASCAP Musical Theater, and they would interview, and Jerry would tell stories about you know certain shows and and answer questions that the audience had written in, and we would come out and 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 sing. And of course, it, what was wonderful about that is that you had Jerry right there. He'd say, "No, no, Ron, you got to really dig into that those notes there. I really want those to be heard when you sing." And and you know just little things like that, little tidbits from Jerry. Uh, and him listening to him tell how he structured a song. It, what was really wonderful about uh, 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 Jerry Herman's mother was, Jerry Her Herman's mother was a, a true stage mother in the fact that she had a friend who had a friend who knew Frank Lesser. Of course, Frank, the great Frank Lesser, who did Guys and Dolls, How to Succeed, Pearlitzer Prize Running, Where's Charlie, Most Happy Fellow, a great uh, composer lyricist uh, uh, of the of his generation, and and she set up a, a meeting through this friend of a friend of a friend uh, <laughs> for Jerry Herman to take some of his songs to uh, uh, Frank Lesser, and Frank Lesser uh, uh, and and he had this wonderful meeting, and Frank listened to his songs, and and they discovered in that meeting, which I thought was kind of fun. It's a fun little story. <laughs> is that they both have a similar writing style, that they, they have to have the first lyric in place and they have to have the last lyric, because <laughs> then, which the last lyric, which they both called the caboose of the train. <laughs> and, and, and so then when they, they know where they're beginning and they know where they're ending, then they know, the, then the, the middle part, the journey, well, is, is easier for them. Uh, but uh, there's one song in the show uh, that it took uh, Jerry uh, almost a year to find the last lyric, and I, I sing it, and I won't tell Roses uh, from Mac and Mabel, his favorite score, by the way. And it took him almost a year to find that last lyric before he could write the song because he was writing a love song about a man who was basically incapable of loving. So how do you write, he said, how do you write a love song about a guy who can't love, you know? And uh, so that was uh, that was his challenge in that. But he did he finally came up with that last lyric almost a year later, uh, which is uh, interesting. I love that you shared that uh, with us because before we hit record, I was talking with Lemuel about how Hello Dolly was actually the first pit orchestra I ever got to perform in, and actually how to succeed was the first musical I was ever on stage for, so I really appreciate you sharing that anecdote. Yeah, well, that, 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 you know, Frank Lesser was very much of a mentor to uh, and, and teachers. He said, we have to improve the breed. We have to improve the breed, because <laughs> uh, his wife told me that later. He said, uh, and, you know, he was very much a, a Richard Adler, uh, of, of uh, mentored Richard Adler in, in the Pajama Game and uh, um, Damn Yankees. You know, he was very instrumental in making that team uh, successful. 
so he was, uh, Frank Lesser was really encouraging to that next generation. And that's what Jerry's basically doing, trying to keep the generations aware of the golden age, if you will. Absolutely. Now, on top of you and one or two lucky students from OCU, we're going to be hearing Clea Blackhurst, Scott Coulter, Jason Grah, and Debbie Gravitt, along with pianist John Boswell and the Oklahoma Community Orchestra. Yes, John's terrific, yes. What are some of the selections you're most looking forward to sharing with the audience? Well, there will be, some, there will be a lot of songs, obviously, that, uh, that the audience recognizes uh, that Jerry wrote. And then there will be some that are a little bit offbeat that in some of the other shows that, uh, that the audience may not be aware of. The, one, of the, one of the ones that I sing is from the first show Jerry ever wrote, um, uh, produced by, by David Merrick, uh, uh, and it was it was called uh, Milk and Honey. About it was about the the state of Israel, the forming of the state of Israel, in 1947. And Jerry went over there in 1960, and they wrote this music musical called Milk and Honey about that and about a, a, a relationship of a, a man and then a woman uh, meeting at a certain time in their lives. And, and the thing about that show, which is first show, and he went over there and he spent like six months uh, just absorbing the culture and the sounds and, and the way people talked and the inflections, and then he came back and wrote the score. Now, what is amazing to me is the second show he did after that that was also produced by David Merrick was Hello, Dolly. Now, if you put those two scores together, you would never think in a million years that this is the same composer because he had that that gift of whatever whatever culture or people he was writing for. There was a sense uh, sensibility uh, uh, of them that was very much uh, uh, prevalent in the the score. And uh, if, like in Mac and Mabel, which was about the silent movies and all of that stuff, you get a, that, that whole silent movie kind of feeling. And that's something that Jerry, it was a gift you, he had. That you put up, uh, listen to all of his scores, and they're all close to the, the, the story and the people that he is uh, talking about. Uh, uh, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, but going back to M- Milk and Honey, Okay, oh, I ramble on, excuse me. Uh, but I, uh, one of the songs I'm singing, the one of the first song I sing, is called uh, Let's Not Waste a Moment. And it's about, a, a, a sung by a, a, a man who is, has met a, a widow lady in Israel. She is over there on a, a tour. Um, and they meet, they fall madly in love with each other, and she goes back to the she goes back to the United States, and right before she goes back, it's apparent that uh, of their their love for each other. He sings this incredible uh, romantic ballad uh, called "Let's Not Waste a Moment," and and it's really powerful for those who are are realizing at a later stage in life. You know, I've really found this the love of my life, and we have X amount of years left let's go for it and that's basically what the song is about and it's so such a wonderful timely thing for 
uh, uh, for certain couples out there. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm thrilled to be singing it. And, and to think that he wrote this, which was very operetta, and then the next show he did was Hello, Dolly, which was totally different, is truly a, a, a testament to his great compositional gift. Um, I, I mean, when he went to, he went to, to, to David Merrick after, uh, after Milk and Honey and said, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to compose Hello, Dolly. And, and David Merrick said, no, 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 no. You, you write, for, you write for ethically. You, you I mean, uh, you, you don't write for, for stuff like this. And he's, and so David, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, Jerry went home that night and wrote four songs four songs about Hello, Dolly. And he submitted them to, uh, to David Merrick, and David Merrick said, you got the job. Because they were so different, and, and it was so hard for David Merrick to, even in his wild dreams, think that uh, he could do it because he had written Milk and Honey, which was such a different feeling. Uh, but uh, that just uh, is a testament to Jerry's great greatness. What do you hope the audience will take away from this production? Well, I hope that many of them, I'm sure that many of them will never will, will have never heard of Jerry Herman. Now, they will have heard of the Hello Dolly and they will heard of a song here and there. But really, they will leave knowing more about uh, Jerry because we do talk, uh, we do have a little patter uh, in, be in between songs, setting up songs that give you a little backstory. And we found that the audience really loves that. They love to say, oh, that was happening. That's why he wrote that and blah, blah, blah. They really love that. And so that they leave the theater knowing more about Jerry and wanting to know more about Jerry. And that is really what it's all about. And uh, that was Jerry's hope anyway. Now, a big reason why we're able to have this production in Oklahoma City and at OCCC is because of ASCAP and the Jerry Herman Foundation. Is that correct? Yeah, it's nice to have, you know, the ASCAP and the Jerry Herman Foundation because they, they cover a lot of the cost, which allows some of the smaller venues uh, uh, that could not afford to bring us in able to, to, to have us, which is great. And, uh, I mean, we, the thing about this show, it, we've performed in all kinds of different venues. I mean, lots of times in community concerts in smaller towns that will not have a symphony orchestra, but uh, we'll, we'll just do it with piano and, and uh, the, the singers. Uh, but they can, they can have us because of ASCAP Foundation and Jerry Herman Foundation helping financially. Uh, this to be realized, since this is, like I said at the beginning, uh, Jerry's, these are Jerry's songs or his children, and he wants them to uh, be kept alive. On top of being an inspiring and influential composer and lyricist, Mr. Herman was also a central figure in the HIV-AIDS epidemic in the 1980s after being diagnosed in 1985, correct? Yeah, he lived with AIDS from day one, and I mean and was able, because of his financial situation, to get the late, latest drugs. So he was, he, you know, he lived to be nine, almost 90, I think. Jerry uh, uh, is quoted as saying, you know, he said, oh, well, I wrote Hello, Dolly. I wrote Milk and Honey. It's a hit. Then I write Hello, Dolly, and it runs eight years. And then I write Mame, and it runs seven years. I mean, it's like he thought, oh, all I had to do is write a musical, and they run forever. And then he got into the, the 70s, 
were not good for Jerry. The 60s were great. <laughs> but then he had these not big hits. And they were kind of, sort of, and the word was he's, 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 he's written out, he's washed up, and, you know, and uh, nobody wants tunes anymore. And, um, uh, and then all of a sudden, in 1983, he wrote La Cage au Folle, and it, uh, of course, the timing of 1980, the early 80s when, when AIDS really came out, uh, and, and he wrote this, this musical. Of, it was m monumental, m monumental for its time and uh, very co controversial and powerful and timely and uh, it just was a mega hit. Uh, so all of a sudden he was on the board again. And of course we do songs from that. I sing, I won't send, uh, I, I, I send a song on the sand uh, from that. And uh, Jason Gross sings, uh, you know, uh, I am what I am. And uh, the best of times is now. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just a wonderful, upbeat, once again, upbeat positive. And... Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I think that the, the people who come and hear this will leave upbeat and positive. And we, like I said earlier, we all need that now. The whole world needs that. But uh, no matter where you live, or, it, we, we do need to feel better about ourselves and everything. So it is that kind of show. Oh, well, what was it about this production that made you want to bring it to OCCC and share it with the people of Oklahoma City? Well, to be honest, Ron and I had been talking about this for a long time. Actually, this project has been at least two years in the making. Um, nice. I wanted to bring it to Oklahoma City. Like I mentioned, Ron is a, a, a friend through my partner, my wife. And, uh, you know, it's, I've always enjoyed him. And so he told me about this project early on, and we tried to get it off the ground. But, again, because of all the logistics involved, and all the different singers and their separate careers. Uh, and then we also wanted to do it with orchestra. You know, um, Ron mentions that that it can be done with piano, but because our hall is such a wonderful oh, yeah. orchestral uh, space, uh, we wanted to make sure that we did the project with orchestra, or at least as many of the songs as we could with orchestra. In the, in the concert, there will be songs with orchestra and there will be songs with piano just because of the constraints of the amount of rehearsal time that they have and whatnot. But we wanted to make sure we had that orchestral sound for the overture and closing numbers and, and whatnot. And also to give the students the opportunity, you know, the students that are selected, the opportunity to perform with an orchestra, which is a big deal. So we talked about it for, you know, for a while, and I, and I reached out to ASCAP and to Michael Kirker, and he, they told me about the project. That's how I came to meet Scott Coulter. And Scott Coulter has a production company called Spot On Entertainment, and it just worked out that we were able to do music of the nights first. It, it wasn't intended that way, but we wanted to do this project first. But again, because of the logistics of touring and presenting, uh, it just worked out to where we did the music of the nights concert last year and as part of our previous season. And then this one worked out this way. And I'm really excited to partner with Oklahoma Community Orchestra. Uh, they've... Uh, been kind of our house orchestra for these types of shows. They accompanied us when we did Gentry uh, with back orchestra for Doc Severinsen. And so we always enjoy that partnership and they use our space for, for some of the concerts. So uh, it was, uh, you know, all those things, all those stars had to align uh, <laughs> before we could make it happen. And then this is the year that we're going to do it. Um, you know, Jerry Herman's music is 
it's so positive. It has such a it leaves the audience members uh, feeling so good, and that's really what I wanted this season to bring. I wanted to make sure that this season presented some levity and joy, uh, and gave people opportunities to uh, come out and help to process some of this trauma that we've experienced the last two or three years. Uh, I think just and I apologize for interrupting, but I, I, the positivity we've used that word a bunch already today, and I think that's just. We need more of that. You know, I just I want I try to be positive every morning when I'm on my show. I always try to be positive here. So I love that you guys are bringing in a show that really is just all about positivity and just loving yourself, loving others. It's, it's we need that these days. <laughs> well, and that's what Jerry Herman was, you know, where his genius lie. It was in, in writing really amazing, great lyrics uh, that were uplifting. Uh, his biography is called Show Tunes, and he talks about. All that and that I encourage anyone who's interested in learning more about him to to read that book. Um, but yeah, that's that was really uh, the impetus behind booking this particular production uh, at OCCC as part of our performing arts series. And it works out beautifully that it's the first one to start 2024. Yeah, yeah, it uh, <laughs> starts off the the fresh new year and uh, and it's in partnership with uh, Oklahoma City University, who's one of our um, uh, you know our school has partnership agreements with several universities. So that's oh, yeah. one of the universities that, that are partners with Oklahoma City Community College and, of course, their musical theater school. And so it worked out well uh, to select the students from there since we don't have a musical theater program at OCCC. Uh, so it's going to be a lovely production. Uh, people that come are going to leave very pleased, not just spiritually, but also the artistic quality is very high, of course. Uh, these are uh, amazing vocalists. Uh, that are coming in from New York uh, to uh, interpret Jerry Herman's children, as as Ron put it. Yeah, and just that, that we're going to have Broadway, I didn't want to say Broadway caliber, but just, you know, elite Broadway vocalists coming to Oklahoma City and singing and performing just these iconic songs from musicals that even if we don't necessarily know them word for word, you listen to them, it's like, oh, I remember hearing that. Like, Because just, just even in our conversations, it's taking me back to my theater days in high school and all the different productions we, we got to do. And, and a lot of them had a, had a or, sorry, a lot of them, Jerry Herman had a hand in in some way, shape, or form. So it's so cool that that's going to be coming down here at Oklahoma City. Yeah. You know, Paul, uh, in the modern day of technology and we have all these streaming services that use algorithms to kind of propose how to discover new music or, you know, people start to listen to things and then you have a piece of software or code that says, hey, check this out. I, I find that the much more organic and natural way of coming to a concert about perhaps a composer you don't know anything about, it's a really great way to be exposed to music that I guarantee everybody will love. It's such great music and it's the era of the, of the show tune that made, uh, you know, Broadway great. Well, and you think even now, you know, in 2024, I guess maybe just just now turned 2024, but even in these last handful of years, you know, we, we probably don't have a Dear Evan Hansen. We probably don't have uh, a, a Wicked. We probably don't have all these shows that we love nowadays if we don't have a Jerry Herman on this earth. That's correct. That's correct. It's crazy you know, to the, think about. Today, I don't want to today, think about it. <laughs> well, really, I, I like to say I like to tell people today's Broadway musicals are standing on the shoulders of the greats that came before. As always, where can we direct our classical KUCO listeners to to go and learn more about this production and the rest of the 2023-2024 season coming to OCCC? 
Well, Paul, the easiest way is for them to go to our website. Our ticketing website is tickets.occ.edu. That's tickets.occ.edu. And there they can click on uh, buy tickets, and it takes them to the pay- to the event page. And the event page has information. If there's videos available, those would be on there. And then from there, they can go ahead and purchase tickets if they so wish to do so. They can also call our box office line at 405-682-7579, Monday through Friday between 9 and 5 p.m. Well, Ron Lemuel, we appreciate you coming down to the studios and joining us today on Spotlight. Thank you for having us. Coming up next, Maestro Alexander Micklethwaite with the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. Please stay with us. Support for KUCO comes from Stillwater Medical Women's Health Center, an all-encompassing campus providing care for every stage, pre-pregnancy, labor and delivery, and surgical services. Close to home, stillwatermedical.com. Support for KUCO comes from the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, helping individuals, families, and nonprofit organizations create charitable funds to benefit the community both now and in the future. Learn more, including ways to support, at OCCF.org. Welcome back to Spotlight. My next guest is Maestro Alexander Micklethwaite with the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. They will be presenting their next Classics concert featuring guest conductor Joanne Folletta and pianist George Lee this Saturday, January 13th at 8 p.m. at the Civic Center Music Hall with the program titled Rachmaninoff. Alexander, welcome back to Spotlight. Hi, Paul. Great to be here. Well, it's great to see you again. Happy New Year. You've been uh, quite the worldly traveler recently. <laughs> That's true. But I'm always so happy to be back, I must say. Well, we're, we're certainly to have you, certainly yeah. happy to have you here in Oklahoma City. We're here to talk about the next Oklahoma City Philharmonic Classics concert happening this Saturday, January 13th at 8 p.m. at the Civic Center Music Hall. It's going to be featuring the music of Zemlinsky and Rachmaninoff and we have a guest conductor joining us. You you get to a little R&R. You get to sit back and, and watch the fruit of your labors. And we've got Joanne Folletta conducting. She's with the music director with the Buffalo Philharmonic. Now, you've had some experiences with her in the past. Now, we can talk about her resume all day long. In fact, it would probably take the full hour to get through her resume. But what have been your experiences with her? And how excited should we be to have her leading our Oklahoma City Philharmonic this week? Yes, so Joanne Valletta is one of the imminent American conductors. Um, I mean, you immediately think of Leonard Bernstein, usually, or um, Leonard Slatkin. They had so many from America. She is, I guess, the first real, like, star female American conductor. As you mentioned, she was with the Buffalo Philharmonic, or she still is with the Buffalo Philharmonic. But the point is, she worked with, she studied with Bernstein. Um, she did tons of recordings with that famous music label Naxos. I think over 150 or something. <laughs> and um, I did meet her. So you alluded to that I have some, not a big thing with her, yeah. but 
20 something years ago, I think it was in the 90s, late 90s, I listened to a symphony. I was driving my little Geo Metro. It was the smallest car one can buy. <laughs> and we lived in New York City in Brooklyn. And it was actually perfect car for that, you know, for Brooklyn. Um, well, simply it was that we that I drove on the street and listened to Beethoven's Seventh Symphony and was really drawn into the performance. And I had to drive on the side of the road, stop the car. It's like and was wondering who is conducting that performance. It was so exciting. And at the end, it was that person like Joanne Falletta. I had known the name before. I had known her. Um, and it was just so um, riveting. And at the end, I the, the following year, I she was my uh, my teacher for like an afternoon. I was in Tanglewood at the summer festival nice. of the Boston Symphony, and there suddenly she was um, Joanne Falletta. And I the first thing I was like, guess what, Joanne? <laughs> I had this magical experience with you, listening to your music, having to drive to the side of the road. And um, so she was laughing at that time. It was, again, long time, like 2000, you know, 2000, 23 years ago. And since then, I always wanted to invite her. <laughs> and it never worked with, with my previous orchestra with Winnipeg Symphony. And he was like, well, you know, I think it's time. We had Jerry Schwartz before. He's another one of those um, famous luminaries um, in the American uh, conducting circles. Um, Jerry Schwartz was the music director of the Seattle Symphony. And, um, well, again, Joanne Falletta. And, and we had Jerry here last year or two years ago, Jerry Schwartz. Sounds about right, yeah. And um, I love his conducting. So I thought, gosh, let's have a female American conductor and that's what she's kind of resembling. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and just doing a little research, you know, getting ready for today, uh, she was named uh, one of the 50 best conductors living or present or past by Gramophone Magazine. Yeah, to your point, she's got close to 150 uh, titles to her uh, discography. So just uh, just a, 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 an impressive output of music and uh, contributions. And more importantly, loves to give back to the future generations of musicians and conductors and composers. So that's exactly it. And so to have her here is also to have a slice of American history, I feel, a slice of American music history. Um, the Buffalo Philharmonic is a smaller orchestra. They are full-time. Um, yet she is really connecting with the community up there. They're doing fantastic projects since since her whole tenure yeah. and um, something that I'm really also reaching to. Uh, so she's... Uh, how do you call this? Like a real role model for me? Absolutely. She's very inspiring, without yeah, a doubt. inspiring. And now the music. Briefly, I guess it's um, a very romantic program. Perfect um, for a cold January night. Perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And I guess many people would consider, if you think of a piano concerto, and um, like a work for piano, solo, and orchestra, would say, well, what's your the favorite, the pinnacle are the two Rachmaninoff piano concerti, the number two and number three. And this coming Saturday, we're going to perform, or the Philharmonic is going to perform the third piano concerto by Rachmaninoff. George Lee is the um, is the soloist. He's an incredibly um, famous and, and world-renowned pianist. He won the uh, Tchaikovsky competition, the Gilmore competition, um, and has a huge career. Uh, one always says, like, well, there's Yaya Ling, 
and he's the other Yaya Ling. So he's really way up there. He's coming to Oklahoma City to perform the Rahmaninoff. Um, many of you might have seen the movie Shine. Rahmaninoff Piano Concert Number no. 3 specifically was, was featured in that movie um, about that pianist Helfgord. Helfgord. And um, it's considered at that time when it was written, I mean, P um, Rahmaninoff played it. It was conceived in in Dresden, actually. Yep. Rahmaninoff is, um, is, is Russian, of course, but um, it was written in Dresden, in a German city. And uh, Rachmaninoff is ha said to have huge hands. And he, as I read, he only was able to practice. There wasn't really a, a piano at that time. And he practiced on the table <laughs> <laughs> um, and gave the world premiere. Um, so it is, I guess, really that like, both of them are considered the Mount Everests of piano concerti. It cannot get more difficult, and that's the third now. The other work on the program in the second half is Simlinski's The Little Mermaid, Die Meerjungfrau. And yes, people know, of course, Disney's version. Yes. <laughs> the Mermaid. <laughs> Very different. And um, it was written by Simlinski. First of all, Simlinski is one of those composers. I mean, he was really big in, in, in Germany, very romantic writing on the level of Gustav Mahler. He was also Jewish. Also interesting that one side of his family was Catholic, the other Jewish, and they then transferred to Judaism. And I must say there are many of those unfortunate stories that because of Hitler, because of the Nazis, either, well, of course, composers lost their lives or they had to how do you call it, immigrate, get out of Germany. Yeah. Um, some were successful. Schoenberg had a successful uh, life after Germany. The, he, Schoenberg lived in L.A., was famous, professor, etc. Semlinski also got out of Germany, his family, the family, uh, in the early 30s, as I understand. With him, it was more difficult. It was. It's not easy to, to start a new life. Right. And um, it's tragic that he was a little bit forgotten at the end. and um, But I think it's slowly picking up, maybe. It's written as a style of your, uh, Richard Strauss, very late romantic music, ex extremely beautiful and difficult, but beautiful, you know. And um, that particular work, The uh, Little Mermaid, was written... Um, it, it came out of heartbreak. It came out of heartbreak. <laughs> and you mentioned it earlier when we talked about it, the heartbreak was about a, f a former lover that uh, unfortunately, you know, was like, "Hey, you know, Zelensky, you're you're great and all, but uh, there's this Gustav guy that I kind of got the thing for." So, okay, it was <laughs> Alma. It was Alma Mahler. Then he Zelensky loved Alma, um, and I from von Bülow, or you know, that that was a she was married several times, yeah. and um, so that's why he threw himself into composition and created. This tone poem, uh, symphony kind of works, The Little Mermaid. Well, and it's, it's really interesting, too. Just you were talking about some of the parallels between him and Mahler to begin with, and then with Alma uh, dating him, and then eventually marrying Gustav. Just a weird, I almost said weird, that's not the right word to use, but just a very interesting connection how that all, uh, yes. how, how those circles run sometimes. Yes. And then on top of the concert on Saturday night, we have the 
Funky Fresh and Sugar Free concert that is happening at 2 p.m. on Sunday, January 14th, with a pre-concert talk happening at 1 a.m. It'll be Dr. Shanti Simon leading this along with the Sugar Free All Stars. <laughs> yes, I'm excited for Shanti. She is a professor at OU for conducting, um, and I. You, listeners might know that she not only conducts some of the OU football games, um, is a professor there, but in her previous life conducted the, um, as I understand, the White House's own, uh, president's own band at yeah. the White House. You know, she's really highly accomplished. So we have her conduct um, since uh, last year several of our family concerts. And she's wonderful with the orchestra and with the audience, with the musicians, with the kids. And yes, she picked that collaboration with the sugar-free <laughs> sugar all-stars, all -stars. and I've I'm been sure many of you guys know them. Oh yeah, I was fortunate enough. I got to I got to play a sousaphone track for them uh, on one of their albums. They're super super nice guys, and yeah, yeah really, really enjoy what they do. So we're we're lucky to have them, and it should be a great concert for the uh, the youth and the families of Oklahoma City. Yes, that's this Sunday afternoon, two p.m. Excellent, great. excellent. Well, it's a cold day here in Oklahoma City, so Alexander, we appreciate you making the trek out here and having a conversation with us. Looking forward to the concert this Saturday, and as always, thank you for joining us today on Spotlight. Thank you, Paul. I'd like to thank my other guests, Lemuel Bardgas and Dr. Ron Rains with the Oklahoma City Community College Cultural Programming Board and Jerry Herman, the Broadway Legacy Concert, for joining me today on Spotlight. As always, thank you for supporting Classical KUCO in making wonderful conversations like these possible. KUCO is committed to bringing you the best in local performing arts. Until next time, enjoy the arts. <laughs>